0: Hey everybody, welcome to Throwback to School, the podcast where we talk about stuff we liked in high school or not. I am Andrew and with me is a lady out of the water and her name is
1: Lady Liza.
0: Lady Liza of the water. Uh, Liza, what up? I am a cancer.
1: I'm good. I am a cancer and therefore I'm a water sign. So, you know, getting closer to being a mermaid Mm in a minute now. Or a narf. You're a narf. Narf I, is not, does not sound like a positive word. I'm well, just going to
0: lay it out. I, I would ag- I would agree with you. And uh, based <laughs> on the thing we watched, I don't... Um, hmm. What do I have to say? So I have a lot of questions for you, Liza. Cool. Um, if you couldn't tell from the description of the episode, the title of the episode, and what I said at the beginning, uh, Liza w- recommended that we watch a movie called Lady in the Water which is
1: I like the just preface with the fact that it's not so much a recommendation as like, what are we recording about this time? And I have to find something. Well, um, you so know, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm re- like right this moment. I'm not saying I'm recommending it. I just, this was the homework.
0: This was the homework. It. Is, I mean, this is a <laughs> podcast Liza where we talk about stuff we loved in high school and <laughs> we figure out if we like it anymore or not. Um, so I have a, a myriad of questions pertaining to both you and the movie. Okay. Um, Do but we
1: want to explain what the movie is that's about? That's what I was going to say. <laughs>
0: why don't, why don't you explain in the best, most succinct way you can <laughs> <laughs> this very easy to describe movie.
1: <laughs> okay. In my own words, I'm not reading anything off of the internet right now. This is purely improv. Um, Okay, Lady in the Water is a 2006 movie by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, if you don't know his name, where have you been? He may, he directed and I think probably wrote most of his movies. Correct. If they're, unless they're like adaptations. Uh, he made Success, Signs, Unbreakable. More recently... Split. And that other one. Glass. Here you go. Thank you. Um, And also The Last Airbender.
0: The Village. Uh, Devil. Devil? I think he might have just produced Devil. Devil was a uh, movie about a haunted elevator.
1: (laughs) I don't even know what this is. Okay, great. Um, This movie, Lady in the Water, has a lot of people in it. It has who? Paul Giamatti, uh, the white lady from The Village. Is Bryce it Jessica Dal- Chastain? Bryce no. Dallas Howard. Here you go, the other redhead. The other redhead. Uh, <laughs> um, it has himself. It has uh, other people you recognize from other things. It's kind of your like, oh yeah, that guy kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob
0: Balaban, Jeffrey Wright. Freddie I Rodriguez.
1: Um, the Lady in the Water is about a, a um, like low uh, I would say like mid to low income multiplex building with a lot of apartments that's being uh, ran by Paul, Paul Gamati's character there's a pool And there is a mermaid-like creature female that comes out of the pool and gets rescued from a grass wolf by Paul Giamatti. That's just the first 15 minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. The rest of the movie is Paul Giamatti trying to help... Trying to help this mermaid in following a fable tale on how she's going to get back to her world, her underwater world, uh, and not get murdered by grass wolves.
0: The classic (laughs) tale. The...
1: uh, the task is difficult and they come across different roadblocks uh, and they have to, the the protagonist played by Paul Giamatti um, ends up having to rally almost every single tenant of the building to save young redhead mermaid, per, narf person. mm mm-hmm uh to be picked up by a giant eagle. Yep. And, and to uh be saved by giant yep.
0: grass apes, monkeys? Yes,
1: giant grass monkeys. Yeah, I mean, it's not that complicated. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: So, okay. So I have I have questions. First sure. of all, I'd like to point out this is a movie written, directed and nearly starring M. Night Shyamalan. He's in, he is in almost all of his movies. This is one where he decided, I got to give myself a bigger role. They're like, not only do I have to give myself a bigger role, I, ha- I should probably give myself one of the most important roles in the movie. And that role is ostensibly M. Night Shyamalan. He is a writer who is misunderstood and who is like, Constantly, like, who is basically uh, um, the Narf, Story, Bryce Dallas Howard, her name is Story, tells him that he will be killed for telling too provocative of a story, which is, again, like an allegory for, like, people just don't understand you, and you will be, like, persecuted for, like, telling stories that people just won't appreciate in your, in your time, We also are introduced to Bob Balaban, who plays, he's one of the tenants, he's a new tenant in the building, it turns out he is a movie critic, the lowest of the low. What scum of the earth, a movie critic, who, when they, like, when they're talking about him without him in the room, they talk about him like he's a, like, like I hate to use this word so flippantly, like he's a pedophile, like... The way they talk about him, it, he may as well be like a murderer. They're just like, what kind of disgusting person would ever impugn the, you know, like what somebody means by their words? It is he is airing his dirty laundry, M. Night Shyamalan, in this movie. It's like I am being persecuted, and the worst possible person is a movie critic. And he's also like the the, the movie critic is far and away the most annoying character in the movie. He like, yeah. Narr- everyone one that gets killed. So. Yeah. And, and like, and like brutally killed. Like he, yeah. it's not even like a, like he, and he annoyingly narrates his own death, which is like, of course, like, <laughs> like, like up until that point in the movie, he's just like, he compares things to movies. But th- when he sees the grass, the grass wolf and he's like, here's what's going to happen. I will turn around And I will walk towards the door and you will get to me half a second late as I slam the door shut, closing it in front of you. And then he turns around and he's like brutally murdered on camera because fuck movie critics, right? The worst people. How dare they ever say anything bad about M night Shyamalan. It's so self-serving. And so like, it's not like, it's not subtle. Like he's very mad at movie critics for criticizing his movies. And Like he took it out on a movie critic and then made himself like this misunderstood, you know, like it's it. I laughed so hard when Bryce Dallas Howard was like, you know, you will be killed for telling the story, but you must tell the story anyways. It's just like, Oh, give me a fucking break, dude. Like you, you are not that important. Please stop (laughs) doing this. And he's bad in the movie. So, um, do you have questions? I have questions. <laughs> I have questions. So, um, number one, wh- why? Um, two, what? And then three, huh? <laughs> um, so you did, you did like, I, I, I'm not, okay. I'm not, imp- I'm not, uh, questioning your taste. You know, I, I have, there are things I'm sure that, and we've watched them on this podcast that have been bad um but and so saying nothing to your taste currently or even at you as a high schooler you liked this movie correct i'm not saying that in any judging way but this is something you did enjoy
1: <laughs> i liked this movie in high school and watching it again yesterday i liked it still
0: <laughs> okay i take it back what do you mean how can you still like this movie what are you talking about I see
1: the I see the issues with it and I agree that I'm not Chablan putting himself in that role of like perhaps Jesus writing the book that will change the world Messiah role is disgusting. Is he the first and last person man that will do it? No. Like I which is not an excuse. That is a trope. Like I like bradley cooper did it recently like write movies direct movies and put themselves in the role that's going to be like all especially in like romantic comedies i find that particularly gross but and yes it is gross uh (laughs) would it be a better movie if he had just casted someone else that is also a good actor unlike himself
0: they, he should have he should have cast somebody else and then named the character like R Day uh Charlington. <laughs>
1: yes, I mean anybody else but him would have been much better.
0: I think. I agree. It's just it's such a it's such a blatant it's so
1: self yeah, it's it, self-involved and it's self like congratulatory and also, it's a, it's a bummer because he's not a good actor. No, so he's
0: he's very bad. It's and not like, what he's
1: good at, and he should just stick to writing or directing or maybe just one of those. Um, but I, I I agree with you
0: that that's the worst part of this movie. Um. So, uh, I I am I. What I'm, I
1: like about the movie. <laughs>
0: Okay. That was what I was going to ask. Cause I, I had, I was going to say I had sort of prepared myself to hear you say that you still like the movie because I'm, I was <laughs> watching the movie. My wife decided to like, she like got up and went for a walk, uh, halfway through the movie. She wasn't watching it with me, but she kind of passed through oh, the room. <laughs> I thought it was her like, <laughs> I'm done. With I this. can't, I can't <laughs> anymore. But she like, she got up to go for a walk and she's like, how's it going? And I was just like, uh, don't, don't ask. And so, um I had sort of prepared myself to hear you say that you like the movie. It's still shocking to hear even though I'd prepared myself, but what what did you like about it in high school? What do you like about it today?
1: Okay. What I liked about it in high school is um um I miss I do like fantasy. Like I like fantasy stories um to an extent. I mean, I'm not like I don't know. I'm not like a huge like I'll deep dive into the like niche of it but like b- mainstream fantasy I like. It's fun. Like anything with magic and like maybe some lore some some myths. I'm into it. And this movie has that, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a sucker for a movie that has like I don't know like um i'm a sucker for honestly the m night shaman twist thing not specifically just time but like twists in movies i like that Uh so like the idea that you're like half of the movie you're introduced to the to like an array of characters and then the other half of the movie you're realizing that like each character had actually a huge purpose even the ones that seem like you know c and d characters when movies do that, and I, he's not the only one that has done it. When movies do that, I'm into it. I'm like, yeah, this is fun. Um, I so that's what I liked in high school, and that's what I still like about this movie. Uh, what I also didn't realize that I like, I think what I liked even more now is actually Paul Giamatti is really fun in this role. Not that he's like funny; he's like depressed and like uh sad and uh yeah he's not like the clown in the movie or of any way but don't I either? do I don't know I'm a sucker for like someone that typically I feel like Giamatti can be has played like a lot of goofballs in or like ludicrous maybe like gangsters or something like that but uh I do like him in a sad role
0: and he's a, he is a tremendous actor. He is like yes. one of our best working actors. Um, there, is a, there is a scene in the movie that is totally played for laughs, which is unbelievable in the movie. In the context of when it happens, it's so striking that it happens this way. Do you know what scene I'm talking about? No. So he, uh, 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 Story, thinks that he's the guardian uh huh. And so she like he goes out to find the what what is oh. the, what is the 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 grass wolf actually called? I don't know. So I don't remember. He goes to find it, and he finds it, and she's like, "Look into his eyes. You can like you can control his mind if you look in his eyes." Hey, it's not it's not working, and uh, and so she's like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "I'm looking at it, and it's actually stepping forward." And she goes, "And his name's Cleveland." So she's like, "Cleveland, run!" And like the phone goes dead. And then cut to Bob Balaban looking at him as he's like draped over a chair. He looks like he like tripped or something, and he's like, "So what? Ha- what's happening here?" And he's just like, oh, I have "Nothing to see here. Move along, move along." <laughs> and it's just like, "Am I to believe?" Like it was, it was one of those things where I wasn't sure if I missed something in the movie where like he, like, you know, like what she's saying is real but like is everybody else does everybody else think that they're making it up like he thinks it's real she thinks it's real but everybody else is like huh what do you mean a grass wolf come on dude but like in that scene like he's very much like draped over this chair nothing like it appears he hasn't even like had been like scratched like he just it looks like he went whoop 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 and like fell and like like, like, tripped over the chair and then the guy found him and he's like how do you explain this one buddy and he's like oh no on, you know everything's fine and in that moment it's like it's played for laughs even though like he he goes to story and says like you know the the you know the wolf would have like killed me had another person not walked by and it's like dude you look like there's not a scratch on you so like what is the tone of this like the scene was just so bafflingly weird yes. in that in that context of like He's afraid for his life. This wolf is trying to kill him. And then like, it's like the scene in a, in like a teen comedy when like the, the kid promises not to throw a party and then his parents come home early and they find him passed out by the pool. Like it's that sort of like, what do you got to say for yourself? Huh? And he's just like, nothing, nothing. You know,
1: I do. I do agree. I think there's a lot of the movie, which I didn't realize back when I, watched it in high school, but did see it yesterday is that a lot of the movie I think there's a weird part about editing, honestly. Like they're like some scenes get or abrupt, abruptly cut. Yeah. And then you get to like a whole other day or like the time lengths of things, like even at the end when they're trying to like it's all gonna be happening during this big party with lots of people and the first trial that they they try for the first time to have her get get picked up by the eagle it sounds ridiculous saying it out loud but anyway it is uh uh
0: and then the first
1: time the first time doesn't work so then they like regroup, figure out their solution and then try again and you really like i even said out loud wait this is still during the party (laughs) Like I like, there's something about time in the movie that doesn't make sense. Between like the the abrupt cuts of the scenes that make you think like we're going to a different day, but then you're still in the you're still back in the kitchen, like as if there was a commercial break or something, or or even like fades aways between scenes that you would think are continuous between like. Morning and an afternoon, but no, you did skip a day. Like, I think there's weird in between scene time frames that don't make sense, and I think that's like either done because they ran out of time to make the movie, or because of poor editing, or because of poor um, storytelling, writing, directing,
0: acting. (laughs) Huh?
1: Um, the other part that I then I was thinking like this is his like fourth famous movie. Like at this point, he's had a lot of money from Sixth Sense. He's had a lot of money from Signs.
0: Unbreakable uh, was a hit.
1: Unbreakable was a hit. And this is probably the fourth movie where he thought he was gonna make another big buck. Yeah. Did not. This movie did not do as well. Um it
0: barely made back it like made the back budget. its money. Like the budget yeah. was seventy. I think it made seventy two mil.
1: Yeah. And probably only because of overseas money, probably like, yeah, uh, not U.S. money. Yeah, uh, the but a lot of the scenes seem like low budget, like as if he didn't have the budget to do a decent job. Like when the at the beginning, there's um, they uh, both Paul Giamatti and Story are being chased by the oh, so he thinks that she's met the writer and that's all they needed to do. And so they try with for the very first time within the first like quarter of the movie to release her back to her world. And they were wrong because that's not the only thing she needed to do. And also they got the different um, characters wrong. So she gets attacked by the grass wolf. And so he tries to like save her and she's curled up screaming and crying in the corner. And he's trying to calm her and then the wolf like jolts out through the wall or wherever they're at Uh all of a sudden that scene gets blurry when it wasn't before and then the camera pans only to her when it was like a white shot to both of them and then the wolf would be coming out through the middle between the two of them and then as the wolf comes out Like basically to the audience, right? Like it's, it's trying to do a a lot of jump scares at first um, to set the mood as like, this is a scary movie, which I don't, I don't, I don't remember being that scared when it came out. It's not. And I scare easily. Like, I'm not like, I don't like horror. Like I'm not into that stuff. Um, But then the camera just like very awkwardly pans to the right. During a pretty intense, like wolf, like jumping through a wall scene, and I was like, "What? What was up with that? That was so weird. It was like, uh, we don't know how to do this, this action shot with a fake CGI grass wolf and also Paul Giamatti in the same shot."
0: That is a that is a good point that I forgot to mention. I don't know where the budget for this movie went because every time there is like some sort of like CGI. So whether it be the wolf, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's always at night. So like, they don't have to like light it to make it look good. When the, the, the tree monkeys show up, it's like very much shrouded in like the, the woods and the darkness. So you don't like see anything. And then like when the, you know, spoiler alert, when the Eagle shows up to pick up, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, you see it through the through a viewpoint of under the water, like you're seeing it from the vision of like somebody who's in the pool. So again, the effects don't have to even be finished because it's like it's you know that's like,
1: to- totally done on purpose. And so like, I feel like
0: and this it, is like a one location shoot. Like they didn't go yeah. anywhere. It's all in this one apartment building. So yeah, like there's, where there's does,
1: fifteen characters and then maybe a hundred <laughs> extras at the very end.
0: Yeah, the like party. even like there's a part where he is getting the like, so the, they're equating her, like the, her story is basically like an old, like Chinese, like fairy tale. I guess. And so this Chinese woman in the, in the building knows it and, but she doesn't speak English. So he has to go through his, her granddaughter. And there's a part in the movie where she's, he's talking to the granddaughter on the phone who says, I'm at a club. They don't even show her at the club. You just hear like, Ooh. boom, 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 boom to like, <laughs> let you know she's at a club. And it's like, it. they, I don't, so like, where, where is the budget in this movie? Cause it's like, it's not in the effects. It's not in location shoots. So like, was it just that like Paul Giamatti was like, I'll you do check. it, but I'll do it for 50 mil? You know, like, it just, yeah, like, yeah. it's so strange <laughs> that like, it, this movie, it looks like a, like a made for sci fi TV movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, it's weird because I, I in 2006, he's still peaking. So, right. I'm and and after that, that would be different because after that he made the happening and the last airbender and whatever the fuck else that was not good. So it's confusing why this movie didn't have more money or, or, or more smart budget, uh, Especially if it was going to have that much CGI. And the CGI, I think there's some parts, like I said, like that scene that I was trying to describe is super blurry and weird and like grainy. And also it feels like there's like dirt all over the camera somehow. I don't know. It's strange. But then there are a couple shots where it's just the wolf. And that's fine for being 14 years old CGI. It's not like...
0: But you oh, yeah. you rarely seeing a head on shot of the wolf. It's usually like he like the wolf walks yeah. up to a, like a glass door and you see like the reflection of yeah. the of the of the wolf and like
1: I think the only time that it works is at the very end when they realize that the guardian is uh the guy who's working out just one arm. What is from- that?
0: What is what why did that happen?
1: I don't know. I honestly thought there was more meaning to, I remembered, I was like, oh, there's more to come with that. And then nothing happened. And I was like, oh no, I remember that very wrong. There is nothing. It's just like, I think it's honestly a way, like some of the, he is using cheap tricks. I think uh, that I totally fell for in high school. And now it's like another 10 years of shit has come by and I've just like, Have a more critical eye or something that I like now I see the tricks that he used. Like the whole like the fact that they spent more than five minutes introducing this character at the very beginning, that you don't see for the rest of the movie until the very end. That the whole five or eight minutes of him like pumping one arm and, and one leg, like the whole trope of this character is that he's been working out half of his body as a quote unquote science experiment. And they kind of portray him as this like meathead dum-dum that's doing weird shit with his body just for looks or something like that
0: and then he ends up being the hero at the end of the movie right he ends up being the guy
1: that can like control the grass wolf by just looking at him in the eye but there's nothing needed for him to be that silly looking like they could have just been like Oh, turns out it was this this other tenant that you know, like there's nothing, like he doesn't even fight off the wolf. There's nothing about his physicality that helps the story.
0: You're right. He actually serves no purpose because in the moment he's like, "Cape, look, Reggie, look him in the eye," and like he looks at him, and then like when the eagle shows up, he breaks up. He (laughs) breaks his glance and looks at the eagle, and then looks back, and then that's when the monkeys attack the wolf. So like he serves like literally no purpose other than like a weird visual distraction yeah yeah
1: and and part of me thinks like is the cheap prick to do to like introduce him for that long for something that memorable like the rest of the movie you're gonna remember that guy that only worked out half of his body is it only so that you actually remember that character for the end when they say oh turns out it was this guy because otherwise it's just another dude in the building right you know and i don't know like i think there's definitely a lot of problems with the (laughs) movie i i will i i will admit i still had fun watching it i was not bored i was not there's like problems with it but for some reason there's just something about the this type of story that i am such a fucking sucker for and it is embarrassing but i'm not gonna lie it is like
0: <laughs> it is thoroughly not boring i will i will I thought you were gonna say, it is embarrassing <laughs> um, no i i mean like i i like very stupid dumb yeah. stuff you know like i'm not i'm i not, agree <laughs> just shut the podcast off um <laughs> But, like, it's not boring. Like, the story moves. The, you know, like, whether or not you agree or can buy into the, like, in, like, just wacky bullshit that gets introduced, like, every three seconds in the movie, that's, like, new, uh, new lore or new folklore in this, like, (laughs) in this story. Like, it, it's all, like, you can't look away from it. Like, that's the thing, is, like, it, it is, like, it's sort of a car crash of a movie where like mm-hmm. stuff is happening all the time. There's new information being thrown at you almost every second. And like the amount of like, and I will give it, you know, like I, I have some admiration for the movie in that it is, it is thoroughly bullshit. Like it, <laughs> there is no point where like, I feel like he sold out the story he wanted to tell. Like this is, this is all like it, it reeks of no studio interference.
1: Oh, I see what you mean. Like he, he wrote the script and nobody was like, eh. like yeah. it, it's actually true to him.
0: Yeah. Trying- yeah. Like yeah. it, there's like, there's something I do find sort of like admirable about like him not backing down from this, like clearly, and you know, ludicrous, lo- like just off the wall. It, it makes like, <laughs> it's, And, like, I think I read something in the Wikipedia where, like, this was a, like, a story that he told his kids or something, and so, like, and it reeks of, like, the sort of, like, thing, like, you would read this, like, you would tell, like, tell me a story, dad, like, you know, they're bored of the book, so you start making up a story, and then as, as it progresses, you keep telling the story, like, but because it's a kid they're not like dad that doesn't make any sense what about you know like and so it it feels like that but in a movie which is like both horrifying that this got made and sort of admirable that it got made too
1: yeah yeah i think that's a good point i I was just about to say that it does feel like he wrote this movie which is actually what you just explained makes even more sense so what i was thinking that he it could be that he started this story to his kids. And then as he goes, he's like, well, and then, uh, and then, you know, this happened. Yeah, and, I'm onto and, something here. But then when he's telling that to full grown adults that are going to help him write the story and make this movie, they're like, but what about like, what do you mean, so there's just a guardian, and then she met the guardian on her first trial out of the pool, like, what what, what are the roadblocks? And was right. like, well, no, he learns more about the tale, because the grandma said that he they actually need a guild, and they need uh, they need a, um, someone that can read, like, or, what is it, uh, an interpreter, and then they need a, a healer. Oh, okay, so halfway through the movie, then there's, they have to figure out what those people are going to be, and but it does feel, you're right. It does feel like maybe he started with an idea and like halfway through was like, well, and then, uh, and then just this happens. Yeah, sure. That works. Like, yeah. Why
0: not? Um, a, the, the part of the movie that like, I was just like, I, I honestly have no concept of what's happening is so she comes out of the pool at the beginning of the movie and then yeah. they find out that she needs like a heat, like a thing that can heal her. And it's something that she has. And so he goes into the pool and like goes into like the blue world where she's from and gets something from her belongings, or like does she just have a random assortment of things that were in the pool? I think that I think that's no pun intended, murky water.
1: Uh, oh, <laughs> he does go in the pool because she's been quote unquote living there. But then there's like a hole that she dug out or something. Like it's very little mermaid y where she has like this. There's extra a fork. Space. There's a
0: fork in there. It's like it's very much like an illusion to <laughs> There
1: color. is basically there's a butter knife.
0: Yeah. It's like and it, like
1: some other thingamabobs yeah. that she's like kept under these like mason jars.
0: Lisa, she's got who's its and what's its galore.
1: <laughs> and uh but she does have what are they called again, feet so that's great. yeah that's the biggest dis- difference between the two is that she has feet uh without selling her voice away the although she does whisper a lot in the movie which is fucking annoying she it's certainly does
0: do and there's a lot of non-verbal communication later in the movie where she's talking to um m night Shyamalan's sister in the movie like they oh, they, yeah. they do a lot of non-verbal communication which i also was like not sure i get what this part's about either like why was she talking so much earlier now she's like you know touching her nose and pulling on her ear it's like right
1: there's a whole thing about about her not being able to explain what the what her world is and therefore explain the fable like what needs to happen for her to go back to her world and survive she's
0: giving a lot of like base coach like in baseball she's like signaling the runner you know like tugging on her ear point, pointing pointing at her like, nose
1: part, yes part of this okay this is the dichotomy is that i kind of like in my deep core if i suspend my disbelief like what like there's no tomorrow i love that scene and then when i actually like use my brain while you while watching the movie then i'm like this doesn't make any sense Fifteen minutes ago, she was giving all of this information, and now she can't talk at all. And in fifteen minutes later in the movie, she talks even more than she did in the first place. I'm like, isn't this explaining her world? This doesn't make any sense. Also, they didn't set a like what sign is gonna mean what. She just like randomly pulls her ear, touches her hair.
0: Oh, you need an interpreter. A a guild. It's like. She's yeah. like, like, what of these hand signals to you? Like, how are you interpreting these in such a like, oh, I understand you need a, a guardian. Correctly
1: the first time. Yeah. There's, the only thing that's like somewhat universal is that she she opens her hands yeah, side her to book. side like a book. Yeah. And she does mean book or story. Yeah. And that's the only thing that's somewhat universal. But like pulling on your earlobe and frisking your hair, what the fuck does that mean? You know, it, yeah. Speaking
0: speaking of hair, (laughs) her hair turns from red to like ghost white towards the end of the movie. Was that? Yeah. What happened that caused that? Did I miss something? So I think they wanted to disguise her from the wolf, so they dyed her
1: hair. Well, I so I I have two thoughts about that. One thought is that yes, they do they equate her hair color to her health. So when she's about to die. I, and they have the whole ceremony of him healing her her hair is fully white by then yeah and her and her eyelashes and her eyebrows like she's become this like uh, albino looking person yeah and and you know you can kind of okay sure that's a thing but weirdly enough halfway through the movie she already has a different color than what she started with without her health being involved. Mm-hmm. So, cuz I remember in the movie I was like, she's blonde now and then 20 minutes later she's been attacked and her hair is white and she's like about to die and I was like, oh, I guess her hair color is related to her health is it- or like how alive she is. But then at the same time I'm like, or did they not hire the right hair and makeup people and they dyed her hair really deep red? at the beginning and they couldn't keep up with that color. So they just like bleached her hair. Like, cause you have to like color the hair often, like for fifth element to keep that the bright or like traffic cone orange on her hair. They had to dye it almost every week.
0: I think and that's her hair. Halfway color, through though. the
1: movie, halfway through the movie you can see in fifth element. She, you can see her roots being blonde. Yeah but anyway so that's one one of my thoughts it's like either they like try to do something visually that is confusing or they just ran out of dye
0: my guess uh, like if i uh, maybe i'm giving the movie too much credit is like because she's been away from her home for that long that like that's like that's sort of like an an a indicator of like she the longer she's away from her home, the more like, you know, it starts to negatively ad- affect her health. Uh, and so like, that's why it's so desperate for her to get back. Is that like, you know what, you know, once her hair goes totally white, she'll never be welcomed back into the blue or, you know, whatever, sort of like, yeah, yeah. sure. But I do think that that orange is her natural hair color. Cause like every mm-hmm. movie she's in, she has that hair color. Like she's, She's the bad girlfriend yeah, in 5050.
1: a diet though? Yes.
0: Um so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Um so Liza.
1: Wait, I have one more thing okay. that I wanted to mention is that uh, I will admit that the scene where he where Paul and Giamatti, they finally realize that he's the healer and not the lady with the butterfly and he heals her with the ceremonious seven sisters it sounds bananas. I'm hearing myself. If you have not watched the movie, you are definitely thinking I'm insane, which is totally fine. Also, like, episode 62, like, you're kind of late. <laughs> but um, I did, ball. I did cry. I do think that Paul Girmani did such a good job because there is a back, like, a very vague backstory to that character that they kind of mention about... Uh, Losing his family, and so when he heals her, he's like basically talking to the family, and that uh, I was like bawling my eyes out. So, anyway, just wanted to share that.
0: Um, so, Liza, as you know, I am a crier, and mm-hmm. um, it didn't uh, did not get me what really whatsoever like that scene. Are you okay? I'm like- fu- I'm fine. <laughs> Liza, I am fine. Um. It's like, and he's doing a good job in it. Like there's nothing wrong with his performance. It's just because it comes at the end of a movie that has been like an hour and a half of just constant bullshit that I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, like he's, yeah, he's like, I'm sorry. You know, I love you. I love everybody. Oh gosh. I I met this young woman. You would have loved her. She's so nice. You know, like I think she's an angel. Like it, it was like, he's, he's doing a good job. <laughs> you doing it
1: totally takes away how powerful the moment is but it is I think I'm funny. doing
0: just as good of a job as Paul Giamatti oh and okay. I and like I do a, such a good Paul Giamatti impression that it, it, you might as well be playing well, the clip yes might as well, oh, it's well a, uh, you don't need
1: to watch the movie
0: anymore well it's me Paul Giamatti and uh, well I think she's an angel and uh, you know uh, I miss my wife and I miss my daughter and uh, gosh wow but uh, stop smoking <laughs> so I like, do
1: like his like angry screaming yeah when he does it in other movies he doesn't do it that much in this one but yeah,
0: the, yeah there's movies. not a lot of uh the, the Paul Giamatti that I like when I'm doing that voice I like to make fun of he doesn't do a lot of the hemming and hawing yeah well uh, you know that's right it's uh, me Paul Giamatti <laughs> like he doesn't do that in this movie he's doing a lot of stuttering but not a right. lot of not a lot of oh well you know it's me <laughs> um so let's see out of five abnormally buff right arms, what would you give Lady in the Water today in 2020?
1: Um, Out of BPS right arms, I'm going to give Lady in the Water... I'm gonna give it a two. I gotta be honest; it's probably not to recommend, but I do, I do like it. I had fun. If you, if you are not, if you haven't watched, let's just say, if you haven't watched that much M Night Shyamalan, if you've only seen maybe one of his other movies, and it's it's one of the few really good ones, then perhaps you would enjoy this movie more. I think if you've watched all of what he's made, it's easy to be like, "Oh, he's doing it again." <laughs> doing like doing, it's like watching too much Tim Burton. That's like after two thousand five. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. like watching too much. Um, like even some people are sick of Wes Anderson. You yeah. know, in that way, like they they had they had a shtick and they keep going with the shtick, but it's it's just it just became it's still. Trying to write that shtick wave, so then it just feels pathetic kind yeah. of thing. I, I don't feel like that about Wes Anderson, but I do feel like that about Tim Burton. So yeah. and, and and channel and my channel lot. So I don't know. Take it or leave it. Watch it with your family or <laughs> watch uh, it with your
0: family. <laughs> <laughs> You've never given that recommendation about anything.
1: It and- has cute it has cute family moments. Like the little boy and the dad that do the puzzles together Uh and the, the, Oh, one more thing. This movie is relatively diverse for 2006. I will give him that. Sure. Yeah. He does use problematic, uh, uh, stereotypes, but it, it is not an all white cast at least.
0: Yeah. That's fair.
1: There's some kudos to give here about that. Anyway, what about you? How many Buffy arms? (laughs)
0: Um, (laughs) 15, right? When I rated it on Voodoo, which is what the service I rented it on, I gave it. You rated it? I rated (laughs) it. It asked me immediately, says, What did you think of Lady in the Water? So I gave it one out of five. Because you couldn't give zero. Because I couldn't. Uh, no, I could have given it a half star. I gave it one. Um, okay. I will also give it one. Uh, one abnormally buff right arm. I'm um, sorry. It no, I I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> apologize. This is like if if I had seen this movie before, and you were making me watch it again, I might be mad. But this is. You, oh, we didn't even cover. You've never seen this. before. No, I've never seen this before. It when I, it came out. No, I've never seen it. Oh. Period. So this is like, and I haven't seen every M Night Shyamalan movie, but like I've seen maybe not even a majority, like half of them. And it's this is unhinged M Night Shyamalan. Like you know, you're talking about the like the the gimmick of like having a, a a plot twist. Like this is he is he's feeling himself. He's riding high on the like. Wow, I am a successful director. Like my movies are good. Like I'm making money. This is the story I want to tell. Like I, I, and like so you can see that this is like peak Shyamalan, and it's also when like the the opinion of M Night Shyamalan started to turn. Yeah, like you could see like in this movie, you're like you mentioned earlier, it didn't do very well, Mm. and part of that is probably. One, the market, I, I remember the marketing for this movie, like it was bad. Like they don't, they, they make it seem like, a like a, a ring type horror movie. Like the, you know, the, the, the yes, advertising. Yes, I agree. I
1: think they, they did, uh, they, they promoted it as a, as a, as a scary movie yeah. and it, it isn't, it's, like, it. It has a couple jump scares, but it's real low key.
0: Right. And like, I think if you, like, people who might remember the trailer, like, it always ends with a so, little girl going, Lady in the Water. And like, it's a, you know, it's whispering the title and it's trying to make you think it's this, like, scary horror movie. And it's not. Like, you, you know, there, like you said, there's a couple jump scares, but like, I'm pretty sensitive to jump scares. And even those, I was like, that, what, what? Like, nothing, I felt nothing about that. So. It's it's such an interesting movie to watch in terms of like what is he trying to do here? Like there's so much going on that you're just yeah. sort of like always just like what what is the purpose of any of this? Like what is he trying to get across? What, you know, it's a it's a fascinating study in trying to figure out exactly what somebody's trying to do. Um yeah. But it-
1: yeah, I think I think also the the thing that uh, I realized this time around is the whole thing of him playing the character that's supposed to be writing a book that's going to change the world. Not because well, so people theoretically he's writing a book that's going to be published, and when it's published, it's going to be super controversial, and people are going to either love him or hate him for this somewhat political ideal book it's
0: very vague
1: right the cookbook is also the what it's
0: called
1: and even the sister is like i love the sister because she's just like the fucking cookbook yeah. are you <laughs> kidding me like the dude don't know how to fold a pair of jeans like <laughs> and uh and then they say that like maybe 30 years from now or some sometime after the book is written this little boy is gonna grow up reading or knowing this book and these ideas and this little boy is gonna change the world which i will share brian's joke yesterday when we watched it he was like oh, was it obama
0: that was exactly the <laughs> thing i thought of too was like he's like insinuating he inspired barack obama
1: and but if you actually clearly listen to what uh the north says about like how it's gonna change the world. They never say that it's gonna be in a positive way. You know what other types of people read books and they're political and then change the world? Dictators. Like <laughs> and they never actually say if it's a positive change or not. And I'm I think it's like so funny that he put himself in this like messiah person like character archetype but then doesn't actually say like what about the world is going to be changed it's so easy to be like i'm gonna write this beautiful thing that's gonna like are you talking about peace are you talking about hunger like what are you fixing what is going to be the big change but they don't say and it's like well is it a good change or
0: a bad change that's interesting i mean the, the i think like the heavy implication is that of course it's good change but there you're right there is no explicit like you're going to change the world and everyone will be better for it like it could be like you, you will inspire this person to like launch a nuke into the sun or something like that like right
1: or like some weird racial political ideas that are fucked up like yeah. people have written books about that too like i don't know it's very weird but um i am glad that you let me force you to watch it
0: <laughs> thank you for forcing me to watch this movie eliza uh Liza, why don't we move into the surprise prize?
1: Yes. Do you have
0: something? Because I got one. <laughs> Hello, Fernando. Uh, hi, Fernando. I don't have anything, so Liza hit me with the surprise prize, please. All right.
1: So recently, I um, was told by internet slash friend named Adam. Uh, shout out, Adam, if you uh, are listening. Uh, that there was a meme a long time ago that was passing, that was being passed out, that said that the Number one movie re- that was released around your birth day, like the day you were born, uh-huh. is a sort of horoscope to your life. So, and I think I've shared mine with you. I've. Last time I, I saw you.
0: I know what mine is.
1: You do okay? Because yeah. uh, are you? So you're February seventeenth. Are you
0: eighty three?
1: Eighty four. Eighty four. Okay. So, 84. Did you look it up?
0: I know it. I don't know why I know it, but I do know it. Do you want to give us the title? didn't. I didn't. Been working so huh. Yes, uh
1: So, from the Wikipedia I found, it's either Unfaithfully Yours or Footloose.
0: It's Footloose. I don't know what Unfaithfully Yours is. And Footloose is much more of a (laughs) cultural touchstone. And it's a movie I've seen. Unfaithfully Yours, I have no concept of. So, it's got to be Footloose.
1: So, let's look up... uh, I wanted us to look up Footloose in uh, IMDb, which I'm doing right now. And we're going to actually look at the synopsis and you're going to give us a you're going to tell us if it's true to your life, okay. how and if so, how uh, okay, the synopsis for Footloose 1984 from IMDB is a city teenager moves to a small town where rock music and dancing has have been banned and his rebellious spirit shakes up the populace do you relate? Do you think your life is as such?
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's there's nothing that's more succinct and precise to my life than being a rebellious teen who moves from a big city into a small town and uses his rebellious spirit to uh, bring life and enjoyment to everyone.
1: Yeah, I mean, your ideals are very uh, against the church, so...
0: And, that, I, and, I I, see that. and i do love to dance
1: yeah uh yeah. footloose and other dances
0: yeah, correct the footloose dance the the one that everybody knows <laughs> come on do the footloose everybody let's do the footloose um i can't wait for uh weddings to come back so that we can all do the footloose together me either yeah. me too Um. So, no, of course... Do you want to know mine? Yes, I do.
1: Mine was Terminator 2, Judgment Day. (laughs) 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 And the synopsis for that is, a cyborg, identically to the one who failed to kill Sarah Connor, must now protect her teenage son, John Connor, from a more advanced and powerful cyborg.
0: So... Well, I'm
1: not the violent type, but uh, I am European, like Schwarzenegger.
0: Like Schwarzenegger.
1: And if you want to dig deep, which I was trying to earlier, he's kind of like always chasing this competitiveness with another cyborg that people deem better than him. I mean... So there's- I really, I'm like, yeah, I have like three older siblings. I cannot keep up, can never be as good as them.
0: Liza, Even, I'm, I'm I, curious. What
1: if I didn't save John Connor?
0: I'm curious, John Connor, John Jolly. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> Am I saving John John Jolly?
0: Yeah. Oh. Um, competition is maybe the wrong word for what's happening between uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and the t 1000 who is, like, trying to kill John Connor and, like, it, it, I mean, I guess it's a competition to keep John Connor alive.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the synopsis, they say that it's, like, he's, like, the more advanced one.
0: Yeah, he is. And,
1: and, but not because Schwarzenegger still ends up winning, doesn't she? Doesn't he?
0: I mean, they both, so, spoiler alert for the end of T2 Judgment Day, Uh, they both die at the end. Both cyborgs? Yeah, he sacrifices himself Whoa. and they he like sacrifices himself to kill the T one thousand.
1: Is that the one where he melts down in the in the vat and then like a thumbs up?
0: Like his he has a thumbs up as it's like going down into the lava.
1: That's the that's the one? Yeah. No, oh, I've never seen that one but that scene, which I guess is the very last scene. So. I mean it is
0: it's uh it's the best Terminator movie.
1: I've heard. I've only seen the third one. Oof. <laughs> that one is like a comedy, though. I had fun when I saw
0: it. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> yeah. It uh, leans on some uh, interesting things.
1: Also, that summer, I was obsessed with trying to do an impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was also like 13 or 14 at the time. And so that now entire- that
0: you're much older, not much older, but you're older, you have had time to improve it, and it's perfect, and here it goes.
1: Get to the chopper. Give, give me your clothes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was much better when I was a kid. Also, I didn't... I did not... I still had a French accent when I was a child, so, like, a stronger accent. I'm sure I'm sure some of you still think I do, but... Um, and so it was, like, a little 13-year-old girl with a french accent speaking english while trying to do an australian austrian accent of the terminator robot yeah it was i'm sure entertaining for the like second time i did it to my family but i spent two months doing it over and over again (laughs) so um they still love me somehow
0: that's nice to them um so speaking of things that are hopefully more entertaining the more times you do it. Then
1: 13-year-old oh yeah. 13-year-old <laughs> lies uh,
0: We have a Patreon where we do bonus episodes. Patreon.com slash Good Talk Studio where you can become a patron and get bonus episodes of that.
1: Yes. Get it. Uh, you can also... Our... Go ahead. Follow us on the social meds. The social meds are Facebook. Throwback so to School. You can follow us on Instagram. There's some pretty funny stuff there. Uh, also at the back to school and newly created
0: Twitter Twitter account.
1: years later, a Twitter account
0: at TBT School. TBT School, check out the tweets. Check it out, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. See you
1: tomorrow.
0: Bye bye.